0: Welcome, everyone, to the Theology Central Podcast. Yes, I'm really emphasizing the name of this podcast Theology. Central. Now, today is Wednesday, January the 5th, 2021. It is currently 3.09 p.m. Central time, and I'm coming to you from the empty sanctuary of Victory Baptist Church located right here in Ovalo, Texas. And it is from this empty sanctuary where day after day I turn on this microphone, I hit the big red go live button, and I go live on the internet where I attempt to make theology central. Yes, I'm emphasizing the name of this podcast again. I'm going to do that a number of times here in my introduction, because the things we're going to be talking about today, not just in this broadcast, but in a number of broadcasts, it it really is going to go to the very heart of one of the things I try to do here on the Theology Central podcast. So let's just think about the name, okay? Just just stay with me here. I know I know some of you, if, if you if you hit play, you don't immediately hear someone get d- directly to the subject. You will just hit stop and go to a different podcast. I'm asking you, just give me a few minutes of your time because this is very very important. All right, theology central, theology, the knowledge, the science of God. It, theology is about putting God first. Theology, now I want you to think about this. Theology is putting God first in your world view. Theology is about making God the focus of everything. It's about the knowledge of God and the understanding of God. One of the things I try to do in this podcast is to give you a theological perspective. I want your perspective to be governed by, controlled by, influenced by theology. Your perspective on so many issues is more influenced by the culture, by politics, by the way you're, by so many different factors. And I'm trying my best to say, no, 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 no. Let's stop what we're doing and let's look at everything from a theological perspective. Theology central. The idea of central. Central is defined the following ways. At... Or forming the center. I want theology to be the center of your thinking, the center, the center of your worldview. I want it to be theological, not political. I don't, I don't want anything else to be the center of your worldview. I want it to be theological. That's what I'm trying to do with the Theology Central podcast. Another definition of central. Of the greatest importance, principle or essential, of the greatest importance is theology. The knowledge of God is of the greatest importance. It is the principle. It is essential. If you have the wrong understanding of God, then you get everything else wrong. If you don't see the world from a theological perspective, then you get it wrong. This is like, like very much Christianity 101. You have to see things from a God-first perspective. Theology Central Podcast is here to help you have a theology, a God first perspective on all of life. I'm trying to make theology central to the way you see everything. Another definition. Uh, uh, of, so of the greatest importance, principle, or essential, a place with high concentration of a specified type of person or thing. I want the the goal of this podcast is to make theology. The place of, as we could do this, of high concentration in your thinking, high concentration in your life. I'm trying to make theology central to everything, right? And some people, I think, get this. Some people don't because I get emails and they'll start arguing with me and griping about something I have said. And it's obvious they're not looking at it from a theological perspective. I hear their politics, I hear their opinion. I don't hear theology. So what do we try to do to make theology central on this podcast? Well, obviously, one of the major things we try to do is put the Bible as a major focus because how, do, how are you going to have a theological perspective without the Bible, right? Our theology is to be derived from the scriptures. So we do Bible study exercises every week, one passage of scripture for an entire week, working on it trying to get you involved in actually studying the Bible. We talk about hermeneutics. We talk about Bible study. we uh, Sermons. So many different things we do is to try to get the Bible central in your life because that is where your theological perspective will be derived from. If you get the Bible wrong, you get God wrong, you get those things wrong, then your worldview is completely wrong. So that's one of the things we try to do. We, we do that. We have theological discussions we do devotional messages. And one of the things we tend to do, uh, not all the time, but because I try to have a good balance, right? I got to make sure I'm getting you in the Bible, making sure we're talking doctrine, theology, church history, biblical studies. We, we try all of those things to help formulate that right theology so that you can have a right theological perspective. But another thing we try to do, as much as I can, is turn on the microphone and say, let's look at what's going on in the world and let's look at it from, come on class, a theological perspective. Let's make theology central to how we view whatever is going on. It can be COVID. It can be something going on in the the political world, something going on in the culture, and say, we're going to look at it from a theological perspective. But for some reason, Many within Christianity and many within the church, when they hear someone try to look at something from a theological perspective, they don't understand that. So they immediately respond with, you must be a liberal. You must be a Marxist, a socialist. You must be, you must be something because you're not talking the way I think. Well, because you're thinking at looking at it from a political perspective and I'm looking at it from a theological perspective. And sometimes the emails get very frustrating because I'm like, no, 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 you, You're making an argument from a political point of view. Where is your theology? Where is the Bible? And in many cases, they're dismissing the Bible or throwing the Bible aside because it goes against the worldview that which which they hold to, which is dominated by something other than the Bible. So if they have to, they'll push the Bible aside so that their worldview can be central or dominant. I'm not... This is not about my worldview this isn 't about your worldview it 's about a theological a theological perspective where theology is central to the way we see things now, to have a theological perspective to have a theology central worldview, I think there are at least two passages there 's far more than this, but there are at least two passages of scripture that I want us to continue that I want us to consider. Before we continue on, because I think these two passages of scripture are going to demonstrate how to see something that everyone's been talking about. It was on the news, all over social media. Everyone had their their opinion. Everyone had their perspective on what has occurred. But many Christians, once again, are not looking at it from a theological perspective. So I just want to look at two passages of scripture that are, are, I think, absolutely central to a theology central perspective. Now, let me state it again. There are hundreds, I mean, obviously we need the whole Bible. So, but I could sit here and read the whole Bible and go, we need the whole Bible to have a correct theological perspective. But I just want to consider two verses that I think are very relevant to what we're going to discuss. Because here in a minute, we're going to look at at something that's going on in the world. And I'm going to look at it from a theological perspective (laughs) And immediately I'm going to get pushback. Immediately I'm going to get, no, you're a liberal. No, you, and, and it's going to be like, you're, you're not listening to what I'm saying. You're, you're not, you're not understanding. You're not understanding. I, 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 it's so weird that for many Christians, a theological perspective is so uncommon that it seems alien. It seems weird. It seems wrong because they just want you to turn on the microphone. Like, like those, let's say, are on the conservative political side. Let's just refer to it that. Those who may be Christians, but they're very much dominated by a conservative political outlook. When you give them a theological one. They don't know what to do because they want you to turn on the microphone and just basically give you the talking points of the Republican Party, patriotism, American first, that kind of thing. And when you're like, no, no, we're going to look at it from a biblical perspective. They're like, well, no, no, that's that's wrong. That's going to be ungodly. And many on the far left, on the progressive side, they want you to just give the talking points of the, the liberal political viewpoint. And when you don't, they get upset. So I tend to make everyone mad at me. Liberals, conservatives, because I'm not going to give you your political talking points. Because this is a theology central podcast, okay? Do you get it? Do you understand it? Am I making any sense? All right, so let's, let's consider these passages of scripture. The first one is found in Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. You, you should immediately go, oh, okay, I know. I know. I know what that, I know what that is. Exodus chapter 20. Everyone should know, right? Exodus chapter 20. I'm saying it like I'm, I'm standing in church and I'm waiting for everyone in the congregation to answer. (laughs) Exodus chapter 20, verse 16. This is the Ten Commandments. Obviously, these commandments are very important and having any kind of a theological perspective, right? If you're going to have a theological perspective, I think the Ten Commandments would be pretty central to that perspective. And there's a lot of of the 10 commandments that get a lot of the attention. They get a lot of the press. Everyone talks about them. They get they get a lot of the sermons. But there's one that I think has been completely abandoned by many within the Christian world in 2022 And in 2021, and hopefully when I gave the date for today in my introduction, hopefully I said it was 2022. I hope hope I didn't say it was 2021. You know, that's always hard to break that habit after a while, all right? All right, here we go. Are you ready? Exodus chapter 20, verse 16. Thou shall not bear false witness against thy neighbor. You are not to bear false witness. Witness against your neighbor. This is a pretty straightforward idea within the Christian worldview and a theological worldview. Don't run around bearing false witness. Don't run around giving out, saying things that are not true about other individuals. It doesn't matter who they are. Don't run around saying things that are not true. Make sure that what you say is accurate and true. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna pull from, almost dropped the book here the uh, Luther Small Catechism, because it's just it's right here next to me. And he has a discussion here in the catechism about this commandment, right? And this is what he says. This is from Luther's Small Catechism. Thou shall not bear false witness against thy neighbor. What does this mean? We should fear and love God that we may not deceitfully belie, betray, slander, nor defame our neighbor, but defend him, speak well of him, and put the best construction on everything. Oh, this, this this doesn't even show up in the Christian worldview anymore. Now it's just like, hop on social media, lie, bash, accuse, just attack, 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 attack. Call people names, go, go, go. Even if our information is not accurate, even if our information is not verified, it doesn't matter. Say whatever you want about anyone. Just attack them. At- throw out any idea. Throw out anything you want. Who cares if you hurt someone? who cares if you lie about someone? who cares if you misrepresent who cares if you don 't accurately put forth the right information who cares because if it's someone if it 's someone who's a, a, on a different side of our worldview politically, we can say whatever we want about them, no matter how inaccurate it may be that is not listen. That is not a theological worldview. That is not a theology central God first worldview. Let me say it again. So to, don't bear false witness. What does this mean? That you should fear and love God. All, all of the commandments begin with, you should fear and love God. That's what motivates you to try to pursue obedience to the 10 commandments is fear and love for God. So because we fear and love God, we may not deceitfully belie, betray, slander, nor defame our neighbor, but defend him, speak well of him, and put the best construction on everything. Luther goes on to ask this question. What does God forbid in the Eighth Commandment? God forbids us to make any untrue statement against our neighbor and this would also involve not making any untrue statement against our neighbor in court. A false witness shall not be unpunished, Proverbs 19, 5. Don't bear false witness in court or anywhere, at work, in your neighborhood, in your church, on the internet. Don't run around making fraudulent and false claims. So many times you Christians will post something that are, is absolutely fraudulent. And then you'll say, that's not true. And they're like, oh, well, yeah, who cares? Like, they'll just shrug their shoulders. Who cares? No, it's not who cares. You just lied about someone. I don't care if it's the president, vice president, former president, congressman, senator. Get your facts straight. I don't care if it's if it's someone related to COVID-19 situation. I don't care who it is. You either tell the truth or you're bearing false witness. And so many times when they are exposed as bearing false witness, nobody cares. Look, here's the thing. You can bear false witness all day as a Christian. You can be on social media lying and putting false information. Here's the, here's the reality of it. Your church probably doesn't care. Your church is probably never going to confront you. You're never going to be church disciplined for it. Pastors can stand behind the pulpit and bear false witness. Nobody cares. It's like it's not even a sin anymore. He goes on to say, God forbids us to belie our neighbor. That is to lie about him or to lie to him or withhold from him the truth in order to harm him. You're not to lie. You're not to keep the truth from someone. God forbids us to betray our neighbor. That is to reveal his secrets. You don't run around telling everyone all of everyone's secrets. Sometimes you have to share information. Other times you should just keep it to yourself. God forbids us to slander or defame our neighbor. neighbor, That is to speak evil of him and thus injure or destroy his good name. And I could go on and on to really put this to to really explain this and expound this and really work on it. There's a lot of good information there in Luther's small catechism on this commandment. Don't bear false witness. And another scripture that goes right along with this, because I said, I'm going to give you two is in the book of Ephesians chapter four, which I have repeated so many times. Ephesians chapter four, verse 25, wherefore putting away lying, Speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Do not lie. Get your information right. Don't say things that are not true. It doesn't matter who it's about. Doesn't matter if it's about a company. Doesn't matter if it's about an organization. Doesn't matter. Get your information correct. Don't say things that are, that is not accurate. Don't make accusations against Hospitals during a pandemic, that's not accurate. Don't say things about doctors that are not true. Don't say things about companies that are not true. You must speak the truth. When the world is running around in 2021, 2022, or when it was running around in 2021, now in 2022, no matter what they say, no matter how crazy it may be, the the Christian should be the one going, nope, we're not going to engage in slander, We're not going to engage in bearing false witness. We're going to speak the truth. We're going to verify, verify. And if we do not know, we will not say. If we do not know, we will not accuse. If we do not know, we're not going to make accusations that we cannot back up. And then when we make those accusations, we're going to make sure that why are we making the accusations? And are we accomplishing anything good in doing so? There's a time and place to make an accusation and there's a time and place to keep your mouth quiet and maybe confront the person as an individual and not try to destroy someone for the sake of destroying them. There's a correct way to handle yourselves. Now, I bring all of this up because at the beginning of this month, which obviously today is January uh, 5th, 2022. So just a couple of days ago, there's something that happened that got everyone talking. Because a politician on the right got banned from Twitter. Not only did they get banned from Twitter, they uh, also, I I think, temporarily suspended from Facebook. There was another situation where someone who's very popular in, in, in the conservative world, they had a video taken down from YouTube. And immediately when all of this starts happening, everyone starts running around making all kinds of accusations, making all kinds of claims. And I want us to consider what happened and think about it logically. All right. Okay. I I cannot stand this. All right. When you're live on the air and you have someone who goes into the live chat and then posts spam, I, it drives me absolutely crazy saying, I, um, Work at home. Get paid more than 90 to $100 per hour for XC working online. I heard about this job three months ago. And after joining this, I've earned easily 10000 from this without having online working skills. Why? Why would you? Okay. All right. I'm trying to talk about important things. And I'm getting people spamming the chat nothing more irritating than that okay all right now back back let's let's focus on what's important here let's focus on what's important here okay so this individual gets banned from twitter they get suspended from facebook another individual has a video taken down from youtube Everyone goes crazy. So there's a big move. We gotta leave Twitter. We gotta leave, and we've gotta go to a different platform. We gotta go to a different platform. Because, and I think you're ready for what's getting ready to be said, it's censorship. They're denying our, our constitutional rights of free speech. This is wrong. These people are liberal, Marxist, communists. They're taking away, they're destroying the Constitution. This is wrong. So you go make your accusations. You make your claims. But what should we do as people who try to see things from a truly theological perspective? Well, we have to remember, wait, don't bear false witness. Wait, speak the truth. Wait, put away lying. We got to make sure we're accurate. So let's go to the news story first. I've got a, I've got a number of uh, news stories here about this. But let's, let's go through a couple of these. All right, here we go. Here's the first one. This was published on January the 2nd at 1237 p.m. January the 2nd, 1237 p.m. All right, here we go. Twitter bans representative Marjorie Taylor Greene's personal account over COVID-19 misinformation. Let's just stop right here. Weather. A platform bans you for sharing misinformation or whether they promote you and celebrate you. The Christian's job is to never share misinformation while the world is stumbling around in darkness. Well, the world is drowning in misinformation, fraudulent information, suspect information. The one place they should always be able to turn to is like, do you know anyone who's a Christian? Yeah, I do. Well, let me talk to them. Why? Because I know they will not lie. I know they care about the truth. They will help me find the truth. They will not misrepresent. They will not bear false witness because that's like Christianity 101. But you know what? Nobody's looking to Christians to find the truth. Nobody's looking to Christians to get the truth because Christians are out there sharing just as much misinformation as people in the world. And in some cases, even more fraudulent information, conspiracy theories. I I get so tired when you try to talk to Christians about conspiracy theories and they almost get offended. I'm like, let me make it very clear. This is not about conspiracy theories. It's about you bearing false witness, which is against scripture. Remember that, that, that scripture thing that I guess you used to think was important in your Christian life? Well, maybe stop listening to QAnon and watching whacked out YouTube videos. Maybe go back and remember what God tells you to do. Put away lying. Speak the truth. Verification. Verify, verify, verify. It's not for you to throw out every claim and accusation because that affects real people. Those claims are about real people. You say, well, they're famous. I can say whatever I want about them. The Bible says, don't bear. The Bible nowhere says, hey, don't bear false witness unless the person's famous, and then you can say whatever you want about them. That is not the scriptural mindset—that's not a theological perspective. So let's go through this again. So Twitter bans Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene's personal account over COVID nineteen uh, misinformation. Now I'm not here to get into it. Now here's immediately what's going to happen is I'm going to get all of her supporters going. She didn't share misinformation. She didn't share misinformation. She didn't share misinformation. I'm not here to get into a fight about what you think about the information. I'm here to demonstrate how should we look at it from a Christian perspective. What is an accurate, truthful understanding of the situation? And does it have anything to do with free speech? Right. Let, let's, let's go through this. Here we go. Twitter has permanently suspended the personal account of Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, Republican, For repeated violations of our COVID-19 misinformation policy, according to the company, her official government account remains active. Now, let's make this very clear. They suspended her personal account Not her government account, because I saw all kinds of posts and people saying, how dare they? They're trying to silence someone who was an elected official. They're trying to silence the Republicans and they're letting Democrats. Her official government account was not suspended. It was her personal one, unless something has changed from this reporting. But at that time, when I started hearing some of these claims, people were not, once again, not representing the situation accurately. They were misrepresenting the situation. They were putting forth a narrative that did not really match the facts. Christians should not engage in such practices because that's bearing false witness against Twitter. You can't do that. Representative Green has been prolific in the posting of articles and statistics supposedly pertaining to the pandemic, but often are misleading or flat out wrong. This is one of the topics on which Twitter has drawn a line in the sand as misinformation on the virus, uh, as misinformation on the virus, how it spreads, the efficacy of the vaccines, et cetera, has serious effect on public health. Now, whether you agree with Twitter or disagree with Twitter, that's that's not the issue here. The issue is what did they do and making sure we accurately understand they have a policy. She violated the policy. They then banned her private account left her government account intact. Just All I'm saying is whether you like the policy or hate the policy, you have to accurately speak of the policy if you're going to look at the world from a theological perspective. Twitter's COVID-19 policy is outlined here. Oh wait, they have an actual policy that you can read. So let me just think this through. Now, wait a minute. I'm using someone else's platform. I didn't build it. I didn't pay for it, I didn't create it, I don't own it. That platform says, hey, if you're gonna be on our platform, here's what you can and cannot do. It's called terms of service, which you click on agree to when you decide you're going to use a platform. It doesn't matter if it's YouTube, doesn't matter if it's Twitter, doesn't matter if it's Facebook, doesn't matter if it's an Apple device. Those terms of service, you click on that, you agree to those terms of service. So what? determines what you can and cannot do on those on those uh, platforms? The terms of service. Once again, Christians seemed over, no, the constitution says that I have free speech. I can do whatever I want. When you're using someone else's platform, no, their terms of service determines what you can and cannot do. If you wish not to abide by their terms of service, you have a couple of options. One, Go find another platform two create your own or three, follow the rules. But, but, you know, we don't have to follow any rules anymore because why would, because no authority means anything to us anymore. The policy, which is outlined here in a statement, the company said, we've been clear. That per our strike system for this policy, we will permanently suspend accounts for repeated violations of the policy. So they have a policy, if you repeatedly violate the policy, you get suspended. It's 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 like hey, you go to this public school, they have a dress code. You don't like the dress code, okay? You can either go to another school. You can follow the rules. Or you can go open your own school, okay? I mean, you, 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 you either follow or you don't follow the rules and face the consequences. That's just the way it works. Uh, the permanent ban comes after several shorter account locks and warnings, which occurred and were reported on throughout 2021. So she's had, she's had repeated warnings and faced other consequences, but she did not stop green green complained then of violations of her freedom of speech now i want you to hear this so now she comes along is like hey you went after my freedom of speech you went after my freedom of speech and i've seen this narrative parroted by christians and the reason i'm talking about the story this story even made it to the christian post like the Christian post was like, hey, did you see what happened to her? her? Her her account got banned. Christians need to know about this. Why do Christians need to know about this? Why, why, why? Because there's an underlying idea, see? This is, this is censorship. This is the ending of free speech. They're going to come for you next. They're going to come for your church. They're going to come after Christianity. We're, we're being persecuted. And that's kind of the way the narrative starts being developed let's just stop really quick before we read any more of this article. Just consider this idea of free speech. Now, a couple of things. If Twitter bans someone, is that a violation of their constitutional right to free speech? Well, I think what we could possibly do is pull up the actual constitution. Oh, here it is. The Constitution of the United States of America the First Amendment. Congress shall not make, shall make no law. So let me read this again. Congress, please note that first word. Congress, let me read that word. Congress, let me read that word again. Congress, let me read that word again. Congress, it doesn't say Twitter. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging The freedom of speech. Congress, if they are to pass a law that prohibits free speech, that is a violation of the Constitution. It doesn't say anything in regards to a private company. All right. It doesn't say anything along those lines. In fact, let me see here. Uh, Me and my daughter was having a conversation about this. And let me see if I have it saved. Yes, I have it saved right here. Now, I'm going to have to change a little bit of the language here because uh, when, we, when she found this, she goes, uh, you know, basically, what do you think? And I'm like, well, I agree with this. It's just I can't read some of the language on this. All right, here we go. It's like a little flow chart. Far left side said, did the U.S. government fine, censor, or imprison you for something you said? There's a little arrow that goes down and there's a triangle that says yes. Then there's a little arrow that goes down. It says your First Amendments, Amendment rights may have been violated. So if, if the government finds you, censor you, or imprisons you for something you said, your First Amendment rights may have been violated. Now, on the right-hand side of this chart, it says no, like a big stop sign-looking uh, shape. says no, but Facebook, Twitter, Reddit banned me and or people made fun of me. Then underneath that, there's an arrow that goes down. It says your First Amendment rights were not violated. Your First Amendment rights are not violated if Facebook, Twitter, or any other privately owned company decides to ban you or delete your post. Because when you signed up for the terms of service, you said you would follow their rules. You don't like their rules. Go somewhere else. If you or follow their rules, it. I don't know why this is like, oh, my goodness, the Constitution is being burned up by the liberals. Or maybe it's just like, I don't know, read the terms of service if you don't believe you're in violation of those terms of service then you fight it and try to argue and try to demonstrate that you're not in violation of said rules. Now, in some cases, you're not given much of an opportunity. I've talked about my frustrations with YouTube. If I post anything about the pandemic, it doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter if I don't say, if I even go after false information and I put forth the information that is being put forth by the CDC and the World Health Organization— my, 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 uh, content's gonna be taken down and I'm gonna get a strike. You just can't talk about it. And, and if you say, look, I didn't say anything, it, that don't even listen. That, that, that don't even listen. Now, I think that's unfair. I think that's crazy. I think it's ridiculous. I think their entire system of, of what they ban makes no sense. They're not consistent. But guess what? I can, ra- I can rant and rave about it all day long. But the bottom line is, guess what? It's their company. It's their platform. They invested the money. They own it. They're allowing me to be on it, but I have to follow their their rules. So basically, even though I'm not violating their rules, which again is unfortunate and I don't have a way to really combat against it because I'm a nobody. All I can do now is I have to work within their rules and their rules basically are this. Do not post anything about COVID. Don't. If you do, we're going to ban you. All right. So guess what? If I do anything related to COVID, I don't, I just don't post it on YouTube because if I do, I'm going to, I'm, well, I'm going to, I'm going to lose the channel. So I have to operate within those rules. I don't like it, but I have to operate with it because it's not my platform. It's like people feel like not only are they're entitled to say whatever they want, whenever they want, wherever they want. On using someone else's platform, that someone else is spending the money to make work, and they, they think that they can do whatever they want, but it, that's not the way life works. Life doesn't work that way. You're not entitled to their platform. You agree to be on their platform. And if you don't agree with the terms of service, then why are you using the platform? Everybody's like, "Well, I want to say what I want to say. Well, stand in your yard and say whatever you want to say. Create your own platform, and then say whatever you want to say." It, it, isn't that interesting? The way that works. So, let's just make it very clear: it's not a violation of any of anything other th- uh, by them getting rid of her. In fact, let's go. Let's go back and read what they have to say here. All right. So. The permanent ban comes after several shorter account locks and warnings. So she was warned, which occurred and were reported on throughout 2021. Green complained then of violations of her freedom of speech, despite Twitter being a privately owned and operated platform with clearly stated rules and made a final complaint in the statement this morning. And this is what she said on the morning that this news article reported. Twitter is the enemy to America and can't handle the truth. That's fine. I'll show America we don't need them. It's time to defeat our enemies. Now, it's unclear whether the statement means that she will discontinue her own use of the enemy platform she claims not to need or her official U.S. representative account remains uh, online, though it has not been used in a week. I've asked Twitter whether this account too has been put in jeopardy by her violations and will update the post if I hear back. Twitter regularly issues bans to French figures who have violated rules or inciting violence, publishing false or private information, or spreading false information regarding the pandemic. Update. Shortly after, Facebook also issued Green a temporary suspension over Miss information. Now, if you go read anything, if you go read any of their comments under any of these news articles, it's the insanity. Like, people can't even catch on. They're like, this is a violation of the Constitution. We've got to fight. We've got to take up arms. We've got to do this. Delete this. And it's all like we're under, like they believe we're literally under some kind of war. And it's like, just calm down. Terms of service. Violate terms of service. You lose your right to use said service. It's not complicated. She wasn't punished by the government. So she, there's no violation of constitutional rights because it would have to be the government imposing said rule. So to run around claiming something that other than the truth is bearing false witness. It's not speaking the truth and it's not how Christians engage. Now, I have to at least say this i find it because christians are running around cancel culture cancel culture all right i find it somewhat humorous that christians would ever even argue about cancel culture because it was christians who used to run around trying to cancel everything oh they're showing a movie on netflix that we don't like everyone canceled their netflix account let's show them Let's, we want that song not played on radio. We want that book not in the library. We want this canceled. We don't want, we don't want that movie. We we want this. We want this. And Christians used to run around trying to ban and cancel and silence anything and everything that didn't go along with a Christian worldview. And now Christians want to cry. (laughs) Cancel culture. Christians perfected cancel culture. Don't whine when it's used against you. I remember. When an atheist organization bought basically ad space on the side of the city buses in Dallas, Texas, right? So they, they they put these little billboards on the on the buses in Dallas, Texas, and it said something about you know God is imaginary or God doesn't exist. And Christians lost it. How dare they? Hell, this is an attack upon Christianity. This is not right. This is wrong. This is no. You, you this should not be allowed. This should not be allowed. Atheists should not be allowed to have to put up a billboard promoting their worldview. But guess what? Christians had no problems buying, well, billboard space and promoting their worldview. So they want a right to be able to put up ads and billboards that promote Christianity, but they don't want to afford that same right to atheist. Yeah, that's the Christian worldview in a nutshell. Inconsistent, whacked out of its mind over and over and over again. Look, the freedom you want is the freedom you must extend. The freedom you deny is a freedom you ultimately deny yourself. I'll never forget. I did a podcast way back then when that happened. And I defended the atheist saying, no, the atheist should, they have every right to put that ad on those buses and they can put them anywhere. In fact, if they want to put an ad right here next to my church, I've got no problem. Not only would I not fight it, I would support it. They can put it right there next to the church, across the street from the church. They can put 15 billboards saying God doesn't exist. God's a fairy tale. The Bible's a lie. And I will defend their rights to do so. And I'll never forget, I actually got a call. From the atheist organization saying, wait a minute, we were just told you're defending us? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, and you're a Christian? I'm like, yeah. I'm not defending your message. I'm defending your right to share your message. I want you to have the right to put a billboard saying God doesn't exist. And I want the right to be able to turn on this microphone and say that he does exist. I want to be able to have the right to put up a billboard saying God does exist. It's not that complicated. It's not that, I want you to have the same rights that I want. Why would I deny you a right that I want? It's not about, that's the beautiful thing of America is freedom. But when you're using someone else's platform, they have freedom. It's so weird. Christians will run around and yell and scream. Anytime something happens and they get removed from a platform, They'll yell and they'll scream saying, it's not right, it's not right, it's not right. Where are all the Christians getting upset that Sermon Audio will only let certain people be on their platform? To be on Sermon Audio, you have to agree to, oh, wait for it. Oh, their terms of service, which means you must agree with their statement of faith in any content placed on sermon audio that does not adhere to that statement of faith will be removed and will be deleted. And it's at sermon audio's discretion, not yours. You don't get to do anything about it. They get to delete it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is that that acceptable? That doesn't doesn't seem right. That seems like a violation. Oh, wait, no, no. It's, It's, oh, that's the way it works. I guarantee you, if someone... Create any time Christians create certain platforms, they're not going to let certain content on their platforms. Why? Because they want it to be Christian. So, why can't the world create a platform and say they don't want certain things on their platforms? It's Christians just have this like, no, everyone must do everything we want. They must do everything we want. It must be our way. It's like little kids who just throw a fit. And want everything to be handed to them and they get their way in every situation. It's like, we're, it's like we're immature children and cannot be thoughtful adults who see things from a logical, thoughtful perspective. If you post information on a site and that site doesn't want that information. And in the terms of service, it says that they have a right to delete any content at their own discretion. Then guess what? They can delete your content. You may not like it. You may not agree. So you may have to go find another platform to post your content. You can do that. Now, I don't think it's always, listen, now we could get into personal discussion here. I think it's probably foolish for Twitter to do this. And here's the reason why. Here's what happens. If you say, nope, you can't post that, you can't post that, you can't post that, then all of those people leave. They go create a site And then it's just everyone – basically you have these bubbles, right? Here's a bubble for people who think this way. Here's a bubble for people who think this way. And this leads people into kind of an echo chamber where they can never hear competing voices or hear competing ideas. I would rather the platform allow as much freedom as humanly possible, even for misinformation, even though I hate misinformation, and I got no problem putting a little check by it or a warning by it, saying, "Hey, we, we, this, this information is suspect. Here's some sources, and and even posting underneath it saying, "Here's some sources we think you should check." I got no problem doing that. But I just think you want to leave everyone on a one major platform so that everyone is going to hear competing ideas and different ideas and different perspectives. let Let it be a free exchange of ideas and then people can debate and discuss those ideas and hopefully find the truth. But if you if you limit it then everyone just runs off to their own little their own little neighborhood. Like everyone's in their own little neighborhood only hearing people who already agree with them. Oh, I'm going to state you all you're doing is preaching to the choir. Uh, you know, liberals are bad and everyone on the platforms like, "Yeah!" We all hate liberals. And then the liberals over here, conservatives are bad. Yay. And no conservative ever talks to any liberal. No liberal ever talks to any conservative. And no Christian ever talks to a non-Christian. And it's like, okay, great. We've all found our little safe spaces. I don't want safe spaces. I want places where people can exchange ideas, whether they agree or disagree, and then hopefully conduct themselves from a Christian perspective in an honorable God God-like, God-honoring way in which they don't share false witness and slander and lie. But sadly, Christians are out there posting so much false information that you can't even tell them apart from the world. But this story got so much attention, and it just bothered me so much how the whole thing has been so handled in such an incorrect way, in my estimation, by, 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 by Christians. Again, the world can say whatever they want. It's Christians who don't think this through. It's not a violation of anyone's constitutional rights for a private platform to say you can't post that. Now we may not like it; you may think it's unfair. I, you could argue, well, wait a minute, should these platforms be considered a a, a publisher, an editor, and then does this exchange like what kind of rights do they have or don't have? I do agree that some of these platforms are really acting in ways that I'm not. I'm not sure is actually can can is in accordance with what they claim to be. If you're in a platform open for the free exchange of ideas, then you've got to give as much freedom as humanly possible. And you've got to be very careful what content you say. Well, uh, we disagree with that. So that's false. We disagree. with. I don't like those that way of thinking. And again, you've got to hear what I'm saying. Again, what people are going to try to get into an argument with me about Twitter. You're missing the point of this podcast. I'm telling Christians how we should think. Here's what we have to do. If you use a platform and you sign a terms of service, you have to look at those terms of service. You have to follow those rules. If you get banned for not following those rules, don't claim it's something that it wasn't. Don't claim that it's a violation of your constitutional right. Don't claim all of that. Claim the truth. I violated their terms of service. I disagree with their terms of service. So I violated them to try to prove a point. Now I'm not on the platform. Okay, that's fine. Be honest. That's the, the, this is about Christian's having a correct understanding of these situations. Don't bear false witness and don't lie. Now you can say, well, I don't agree with the way Twitter enforces their terms of service, or I don't agree with how, that's one thing. But remember, it's still their platform. Still their platform. So I I just want you to see it from a Christian, a theological perspective. Don't run around claiming someone's constitutional rights are violated because that's not the situation here. Make sure we clearly realize her government account was still intact at the writing of that article. So they only went after her personal account. Let's make sure we represent that correctly. She had been warned and warned and she continued to violate the the rules. She violated the rules. So she ultimately banned herself. Now, you may say what the information she gave was accurate and and I believe it. Okay, well, then all she she has to either prove that to the site. But, you know, technically, even if the site believes – even if you can prove to the site that the information is true, if that site doesn't want that true information, do they have to post it? Are they bound by some rule to post it or can they not – I mean look. Everyone who preaches something different than Sermon Audio's statement of faith would argue that they're preaching the truth. Sermon Audio, even if you try to prove to Sermon Audio that their doctrine is wrong, it's not going to change anything. That's what they believe, and they don't want any doctrine that goes against their statement of faith. It's their sight. They have a right to do that. That's the way it works. That's the way it works. So we just got to think these things through and be more... Honest, factual, and accurate because if we don't, we end up lying, bearing false witness, and putting forth information that's not correct. And that is not honoring to God and not consistent with a theologically-minded worldview. There you go. You can email me all of your disagreements to newsif at yahoo.com newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. I hope that was beneficial as you talk about some of these very controversial issues that are, that is all over the internet today, making sure that we talk about these in a correct way. I'll, I'll stop right there. I'll be back on the air here shortly. God bless.